This episode is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Go there now, use the promo code GOLFGUYS, and get up to a 100% bonus. You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is us, those weekend golf guys, and we are here. Here being, of course, the radio studio where John Ashton is firmly ensconced. Olympia Fields Country Club. That's where Mr. Jeff Smith is. He's uh, a nice place up here. Little uptown today, huh, man? Yeah, yeah. Chicago, Illinois. Man, that is so cool. Good spot in the world to be, right? None too shabby. If you can can be here, why be somewhere else? Exactly. And no matter where you are, that's where you are. No matter where you that's go, right. that's where you are. I don't know. It, it sounded cooler in my head before it came up, Ed. But we are here. Going to have okay, uh, but... some guests coming up a little later on in the show. Kerry Davis is his name. He's an author. He's a golfer. Bad one, self-admitted. And he and a buddy of his, John Skaggs, who's a PGA professional, uh, have written a book or are in the process of writing a book called The Bogey Golfer Handbook. They claim they have three shots. And if you master these three shots, you'll be able to break whatever your number is. We'll see. Jury is out. Uh, jury is in, however, on uh, last Thursday evening's uh, Golfinar. Another stellar job, man. Had a lot of fun. We appreciate it. With Had the, a lot of fun talking about that. Yeah, the, the, the mid-irons, long irons, uphill, downhill, side hill, all around the town kind of lies. The stuff that when you walk yeah, up to, you go, oh, no. How do I do you know, this again? I had some comments. Yeah. I had some comments that were, to me, that the biggest thing that they got out of it, I mean, they said a lot of good things, but they said the biggest thing that they got out of it was the, how come I can't hit this club out of the rough as far as I can hit my club yeah. out of the fairway three inches away? <laughs> because that thing right there is, a, is an eye-opening experience because no one thinks that grass has that much club-stopping power. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks that it does. Until yeah. after they try the shot. Always. <laughs> that's right. It always comes up short. Yeah. And some significantly yeah you know as, as, as i mentioned um the other night if you're going into the rough with a five iron in your hand i've got odds that it won't go as far as your nine iron full out of the fairway mm-hmm. or even out of the same rough because it doesn't have the angle needed to cut through the grass right so the friction just slows it down to a grinding halt and if it's thick enough grass, the ball's not going to get up in the air off the face of the club as quickly, as high as it needs to, for that to succeed. Because the grass in front slows the ball down as well. So not only did the club get slowed down by the grass behind the golf ball, the impact was less, but the impact was also lower flying off the club face. The trajectory was lower. And then the the ball got slowed down a little bit by the grass in front as well. So all those people out there, that's why they make hybrids. They're (laughs) higher lofted, and there's more mass on the bottom of the club face, and they pass through the rough better than your 6-iron, 7-iron, 5-iron. They just do, 
And so one of the reasons that people hit hybrids is because they're better from the rough. They have more loft to get the ball up. They have more mass on the head to get the cut through the grass. Mm-hmm. So, fellas, if you're listening to me today or if you heard the, the webinar, Dolphinar, I like that word, John. Okay. Thank if you heard it the other night, you better stop messing around with those mid to long irons out of the rough because it just doesn't work very well. And when you say hybrid, you're, I mean, a three or a four hybrid will do better than a five or a six iron, right? Clearly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because that, yes. that was a, a question that was difficult to answer because one, one of the attendees actually said, what club should I realistically have in my hand when I walk up to my ball in the yeah. second cut of rough? And, it, I mean, it's hard for you to answer because yeah. you don't know how they play, but still. Right. Just but not a five iron. I don't know how far that club goes for them, but right. certainly, you know, if – if whatever you think is your normal, let's call it a four hybrid, all right, and that usually goes a full club, club and a half longer than your five iron, mm-hmm. that would be a really good thing if you had um, a five iron length shot, but you were in the rough to go after it with that four hybrid. You would get a whole lot more because the mass on that head would cut through the grass. The angle of that face would cut through the grass yeah. a whole lot better. That, that is, after all, what so. they were designed to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's right. So, in case you missed it, and if you did miss it, you can catch the replay. We have a replay up at facebook.com slash golfguys. And uh, if you were to just follow us there, you would never have to miss another one because you'd get the notification every single darn time Mr. Jeff Smith goes live. How much more simple could it be, huh? Yeah, it's it's a pretty good thing. Yeah. You know, we kind of like how we can, how we can, put that back out there for people and that they can join us man yeah. i love it when people join us and they ask questions on the spot yeah. yeah you know we have our usual group uh and then we get some more every time yep. that uh that we'd like to get more of those people asking more questions yeah that's the... fun we like it the interactive part that's why we're doing the facebook live instead of me just making a video that's right and, and, and the, it out there the thing of it is is that that large numbers of people watch these things after the fact they watch the recorded version where they cannot participate. So, you know, if that is you, then just try to, you know, just click the follow button or the like button, however you want to do it on there, and you'll get a notification every time Jeff goes live. And I tell you, we're not like some of these people who show up live just because, hey, we, you know, we had some time to kill. You know, we only show up live when it's uh, a golfinar or something uh, important like that. So check it out. Facebook.com slash golf. Guys, tips about getting out of the rough, tips about long and mid irons, tips about anything you need. Jeff's quick fixes, they're coming up. Also, uh, Carrie Davis with the Bogey Golfer Handbook. That's a little bit later on in the show. We are those weekend golf guys, and we're coming right back. Don't move. You know, there are a lot of online sports books out there mybookie.ag it's the only one that gets our personal stamp of approval and you know we don't give that out lightly to get our endorsement we have to personally use them and that means they have to be the best and mybookie.ag is by far the best sports book any of us have ever used mybookie.ag has been in business for years their reputation rock solid they do 100 percent cash bonuses so right off the bat you're making money for doing nothing and they have the fastest payout seriously just two business days two It's no different from betting in one of those glitzy Las Vegas casinos, but you can do it from right from your smartphone. Trust me. Go to mybookie.ag to place all your bets. And then tell them we sent you by using the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get over there and you will get the best odds anywhere. 
So to review, what are we going to do? MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get up to a 100% deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag. It is us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. And Tripper producer Mark Hunter is, I think he's retired. I want to thank Douglas for uh, capably filling in yet again. I won't hear from Mark again until he feels like playing golf. <laughs> so this, this early retirement program from the, from our show, yeah. I think you made the incentive a little bit too good because he took it. He did. Take, he did. Take yeah. an early retirement, man. Well, he'll be, he'll be back as you soon know? as he says, when are we playing golf? And I say, <laughs> Betty, you aren't. So there you go. That's all it takes. Listen, uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about course management coming up here in a little bit, about uh, knowing what you can do, knowing what happens if you don't do it. But there's one thing you mentioned in, in uh, setting it up to me, and you, you said, uh, you know, once, once you can keep it between the trees. Um, yeah. Should one, let's, let's say one on the tee has a, a potential to hit it right 50% of the time. And I know it's impossible for you without seeing a video of the person doing it. You really can't answer this question. But it's, it really takes some in-depth study to figure out what's wrong. You just can't fix it immediately because it could be the setup. It could be the ball position. It could be the grip. It could be the position of the club head, of the driver. I mean, it could be anything, could it not? Yeah. So That's all these problem. So all these people but, who are selling you stuff online saying, cure your slice right now, they don't know why you slice. How can they fix it? Right. If, they're, if the, the cure your slice thing doesn't have a major component of learn to square the face to your path, mm-hmm. then they're not going to cure it. Right. Your path still may be headed left, but if the face is left with it, it won't slice on you. It'll just go left. Mm-hmm. And then your body will go and your brain will react and then you'll start to swing more to the right. Yeah. But if, if whatever they're trying to sell you, if one of the main components of it isn't square the club face to the line you're swinging the club on, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the <laughs> things that... the physics of that is pretty clear. Yeah, exactly. One of the things also that, uh, that I love about the, the golfinars that uh, you've been doing on Facebook Live... And uh, we just had another one a couple of days ago. Hope you didn't miss it. If you did, you can go to facebook.com slash golf guys and you can catch the, the recording of it. Uh, one of the things is that you've got some pretty foolproof methods of at least at setup, making sure your club face is square to the ball. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, I, over the years, I've worked with an awful lot of fools. And so, you know, you have to find out what can be foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it <laughs> yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so important and um another thing too is you, I I watch a lot of people play golf. Um just because I I like to make myself feel better, you know, going, "Well, I'm not the only one that stinks." But one of the things that I notice that a lot of people don't do is they don't set up I mean, they don't set up, they don't take time to set up. And one of the things they don't set up, I mean, my shots have become, I, I was totally uh, responsible for doing this my own self. I mean, I was guilty of it, is I would never check to see where the club head was because especially with an iron, you can't tell by looking down at it. 
because the way a club's designed, you've got different edges that go off at different angles, and you can't tell if the if the club face is square to your target or not by just looking at it. You have to take a, an extra step, and you show me just to take my arms, stretch them out in the middle of my body, and look at the grooves. Make sure that the grooves are up and down, that they're you know yeah. perpendicular to the ground, and then set it down, and then go through yeah. your setup. When your arms, yeah, when your arms are full extension, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You want that the lines that are in the scoring face straight up and down, and then all of a sudden you put you just lower everything, and that sucker's square as can be. So so few people because do the that. The reason you want to, yeah, because they just haven't been shown some of the simplest, most club face correcting things. Yeah. yeah. It, it's amazing to me how many people could play better golf if they became more aware of their club face as it sits in their hands and they would deliver it much better. I'm mm-hmm. stunned mm-hmm. at how many players complain of curving shots. They start out curving them left, and then they pull away because they see a hook come, and they don't want to see that. And next thing you know, they, they pull up and away. And, and next thing you know, they're just reacting to something that just happened. Yeah. And they don't, you, know, you don't want to play golf with a series of reactions. And you want to play golf knowing that you're going to square the club face yep. and swing it towards your target aggressively, knowing that your club face will be square and the shot will be relatively good. And so few people it have to be perfect. I know so few people do that, and then so even even well not fewer, but a goodly amount will not also after taking that step if and when they take it will take the step to take a practice swing, a full practice swing. I've seen a lot of guys right. set up and and you know do a cursory maybe you know a foot back and a foot through just to I don't know if they're trying to see where the club head hits the the ground vis-a-vis the ball position or what, but they don't take a swing. And you yeah, really need to do that to get to get your rhythm ready, get everything going right. It's Yeah. What are we going to do, Jeff? Come on. You know, <laughs> they just need to come see me and I'll get them fixed and talk to them about how to play their best golf. Yeah. You know, it's not terribly hard. No, it isn't. In fact, golf is easy if you know how to do it. But then what isn't? $5golfclub.com. Check it out, please, because it's a very, very affordable for any. I mean, if you can't, if you can't pay five bucks for a golf lesson in a month, or all the golf lessons you can handle in a month, then maybe you should go bowling. Uh, and, and you can't even rent shoes anymore for five bucks. So this is the, a great deal: five dollars a month, as many months as you need. No, no contracts, nothing like that. Five bucks. You don't want it another month. Stop it. Period. $5golfclub.com, and you're going to learn how to play better golf from Jeff Smith. Those weekend golf guys will be right back. A lot of us are looking for a miracle. You know, we go out and we buy a $500 golf club thinking it's going to give us straighter, longer drives. We buy a $150 golf club thinking it's going to get us out of the sand traps more easily and more often. We buy $200 golf clubs just because we want to get closer to that pin. Well, you know, you don't need a $500 golf club, a $200 golf club, a $150 golf club. All you need is a $5 golf club because the problem may not be the club. It may be your grip. It may be your stance. It may be your ball position. It may be your swing plane. It could be anything that an expensive golf club is not going to fix, but a $5 golf club can fix because Jeff Smith is a genius and he will be able to guide you where you need to go. 
Check it out. $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs. Five bucks a month. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton here in the studio. Jeff Smith has uh, escaped the surly bonds of the Gulf Cave at Otter Creek and has managed to uh, make it a little bit farther north and one state over. And he's now in Chicago, Illinois at Olympia Fields. Nice, nice course, man. Nice place. Yeah, you, you got to invite nice me up place. to play. A couple of those places. They got, they got two really strong golf courses here. Uh, U.S. Amateur site, uh, LPGA Tour site this year. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, certainly worthy of holding many major events here. The uh, the infrastructure is here. Certainly the golf courses are here. The north course and the south course both are just primo. Fortunately, I happen to be standing on one of them, <laughs> loving it. Um, you know, we, we're doing a little fun thing here, and I'm talking a little bit about I got a, I got a group of golfers in front of me that, that uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, – course management not course manglement <laughs> so uh you know one of those things we talk about where do you want your golf ball to be and uh you know i just start talking about it as strategy right because i think that when john i think that when people hear the thought of you know the, the term course management people get insulted and they turn their mind off and they go no i know what i'm doing i'm yeah. a good manager of myself yeah so I think that when you talk about course management, I think people get a little bit um, indignant. Mm-hmm. And they think that because, you see, that's a brain issue. Right. And that's where people start to think, you know, well, certainly I'm here because I made a bad swing, which they can blame on a, on a golf swing that they're working on. But the real reason that they're there, if they can control their ball flight within the framework of keeping it inside the trees, then it's not their golf swing if they consistently put themselves in bad shape. Yeah. It's learning how far they hit a certain shot. It's learning how far they hit a certain club and learning out of what conditions do they do it in. For example, uh, your seven iron out of the fairway goes a certain distance, but three inches over into the rough, it doesn't go that far. Yeah. But yet they would still take that club and they'd aim it at the same place, and it could come up short, like into the face of a bunker and plug, mm-hmm. or come up uh, into a place where uh, maybe it's in, into the hazard just short because they chose poorly to either not know that that club's going to go that far you know, or short uh, and still aim it over trouble, which happens a lot, and then they make doubles and triples and such. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just the fact that they haven't used the thought of, hey, this three-wood off of this kind of lie, I have a spray of about 45 yards left and right, you know, a total width. And yet they don't take their rangefinder and shoot how far away those things would be, what are my obstacles, and then would I be putting myself behind trees or in bunkers yeah. or out of bounds by chance if they hit it with that club that would make it fly that distance and that distance offline. And so they go, oh, crap. They're not using their brains to think of what could happen if I didn't hit my best shot. They're only using their brains to think, of course I'm going to hit my best shot. And they're not protecting against their bad one. They're only thinking about their good one. 
And that's how scores get really high because they have the wrong club in their hand for the miss. Mm -hmm. Not the wrong club in their hand for the correctly struck shot or a well-struck shot. The miss of it could go into a bad place. Next thing you know, double bogey. But if you're planning for a miss psychologically, don't you set yourself up to miss it? No. Planning and thinking are different. You choose the club, you choose the location to say, all right, I've measured this out, I know where my range is, and I know what club I should take to get me in the best place while avoiding the, the wrong place, and then pull that club, then it's time to be confident and strike that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Because if your normal, usual, regular, everyday miss puts you in trouble on that golf hole on from the place you're playing from, and you're not essentially playing with the thought that you could miss it to that spot mm-hmm. while choosing the shot, then it's poor management. Okay, not a defeatist now, attitude. Once huh? Right. Once you've chosen the club and chosen the shot, now it's time to turn on the, I'm going to do this well. You see what I'm getting at? I look at it as the place to prepare is standing by your bag, choosing, thinking, where do I want my ball to be? Where do I not want my ball to be? Choose the place, choose the club, but make sure that the club or the place that you're choosing isn't so close into your miss range that it could get you a double bogey. Yeah. I played with a guy who did just that last week, man. In fact, he had had that exact same thought process because it was his second shot. He was about 152 yards from the green, pretty wide green, uh, and pretty deep Mm -hmm. also. So, you know, if it went 140, he'd still be on the green. If it went 155, he'd still be on the green. But there was water in front. Okay, there was water in front. Right. And it was a pretty severe downhill lie. And he took a seven iron, and I said, are you sure that's the club you want to use? And he said, yes. Because if I hit it right, which I do on a lie like this about half the time, it's going to be Uh on the green close to the flag. If I don't hit it right, my miss on downhill lies is usually a worm burner. And I'm 130 yards from the water, and I know that my worm burner would not go that far if I hit it with this club. Yeah. So he was protected either way. I guess he was indeed planning, or not planning, but preparing he was preparing that's right yeah see and that's the way i view this is you have a decision time and and i call that preparation time and and i do that at a place that's not over my ball i do it at the bag and that's my place to prepare and then i step up to the shot confidently because i've prepared well i know what my target is i know what my club is and I no longer have to think about what if I miss it because yeah. I've already made that decision. Yeah. And then my brain gets to focus only on the performance, the strike itself. Mm-hmm. And then the misses that I have don't hurt me in where my ball wound up right. because I chose the club that would put me in the right place without putting me in the wrong place. Right. Once again, however, what you're talking about does lend itself to the proverbial practice, because in order to make those informed decisions, you need to know how far you're going to be able to hit that ball. And you can't do that until you 
repetitively hit your clubs and figure out, on average, how far they go every time you hit them. That's right. You need to know your range. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a number, you know. Don't get that that thought of well, it's a seven iron, so I always hit it 150 50 yards. No, you don't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you yeah. might average 150 yards, but you have a range, and maybe it's 145 to 155. So your brain says that's how far I hit my clubs. Yeah. It's 150 yards. Yeah. Truth be told, there's a lot of times it might fly 150 yards. Yeah, very possible. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right, we got one more little tidbit to talk about. I'm going to go back and revisit something Jeff said in this segment in the next segment. A little quick fix hopefully is coming up. When we come right back we are all those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. You checked out our Facebook page yet? It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and like us. Please. You know there are a lot of online sports books out there. Mybookie.ag. It's the only one that gets our personal stamp of approval. And you know we don't give that out lightly. To get our endorsement We have to personally use them, and that means they have to be the best. And MyBookie.ag is by far the best sports book any of us have ever used. MyBookie.ag has been in business for years. Their reputation, rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. Two. It's no different from betting in one of those glitzy Las Vegas casinos, but you can do it from right from your smartphone. Trust me. Go to mybookie.ag to place all your bets. And then tell them we sent you by using the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get over there and you will get the best odds anywhere. So to review, what are we going to do? Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get up to a 100% deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith, not at the golf cave at Otter Creek. No, no. He's at Olympia Fields, Chicago, Illinois. Rubbing shoulders with the hoi polloi, or the rich and famous, or whatever. So, Hoi polloi, huh? I haven't yeah. heard that com- that thing in a while. Yeah, well, you know. I you, just, must have, you must have pulled that one out of the antiquated the verbiage that you have. Things my mother used to say. That's that's where I ch- uh, channeled that that whole phrase. Joining us live from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I said that correctly, didn't I, Mr. Kerry Davis, author of uh, the, the Bogey Golfer Handbook. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, and you got both of them right. My name and the city. All right. Okay. Can it get any better than that? Probably not. Yeah. We should stop where we're at. Bogey Golfer Handbook. You have piqued everyone's interest because I go, yeah, I would love to be a bogey golfer. How do I get down to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing scenario that came about uh, very interestingly uh, between myself and a PGA pro that uh, uh, worked uh, for years for Dave Pelt. And um, the bottom line is. Uh, I was having trouble with my golf game. He told me to stop concentrating on my game and start taking a look at my playing partners. Pretend <laughs> I was the te- pretend I was the teacher. Okay. So I thought he was nuts, and uh, so anyway, I uh, went out and uh, started watching uh, guys that were twenty, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four handicap, and I started seeing some amazing things uh, just uh, from uh, taking a look at it. And what I found was. They were making the same mistakes over and over again that were costing them a lot of strokes on the scorecard. 
And basically, like all of us, they're making the same mistakes and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. And, of course, weren't getting them. So we talked it over, and we, took a, we decided to take a look at golf scores as a problem and to, to determine if there was a way to fix and lower golf scores easily. Now, of course, you understand golf scores haven't went down one full stroke in the last 30 years with all of the uh, improvements in equipment, the golf ball and uh, clubs, uh, even the golf courses. Yeah. So we started taking a look at what was going on with these guys. And what we found out, and we kind of found it out by accident by a guy I was playing with, all of a sudden uh, took a uh, short turn on a, uh, first nine holes that we played and uh, looked like he was going to shoot 39, and he was the guy that couldn't break 100 on the course. Mm. And what we saw was that he had the ability for that nine holes to get the ball on the green after he missed his approach shot. Well, we did some significant research with uh, men's and women's golf associations here in Las Vegas, and what we found was pretty much amazing, and that is that from 50, 60 yards and in, if a person can get it on the green after or on the fringe after they've missed their approach shot, there's no question that they're going to lower their score because they take double and triple bogey out of play. Um, so basically we developed uh, what we call our go-to shots, three simple shots, basically to, uh, to help them get it on the green as quickly and as easily as possible. All right. so we've, developed, we've developed a routine, and the routine basically becomes like practice because we know bogey golfers aren't good at practice <laughs> unless they see some significant results quick. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm sure you'll agree to that. So basically we, we put together a, a simple three-shot routine that gets them on the green or on the fringe as quickly as possible after they've missed their approach shot. Now, the other thing is, and of course, anybody that plays golf is going to say, oh, you want to save some strokes, it's all about putting. Well, it turned out the average guys, bogey golfers, had 36 to 42 putts around, and they averaged about 38 plus. So, you know, logic could say, hey, uh, let's fix that putting, and uh, that'll be fine, but uh, not quite so fast, Grasshopper, because that wasn't really where it was at. What we found with these guys was that uh, they left 10-foot putts short 90% of the time. And when we asked them why, they all had the same answer. Didn't want to have a long comeback putt. Well, when we took these same guys to the, to the putting green and tested them to find out if they were just lousy putters or had lousy strategy, what we found out is they made about 2 out of 10. And they got the ball to the hole. So what they were telling us was exactly the truth, and that is that they were worried about the comeback putts. So two things we figured out right away after we looked at them and looked at the statistics that we were developing through our testing is that, uh, first of all, most of them did not have a proper putter fitting. So for a few bucks, they could change that. Second thing is they had no confidence to make a three-foot putt, but when we put them into a little bit of a training scenario, to get them comfortable with the three-foot putt, everything changed. The 10, 15, 20-foot putts, they all started getting them to the hole. And basically, the reason was is that they had some confidence that they could make a little comeback putt. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that changed dramatically was their four putts. We eliminated them almost altogether because 
when they had 20, 30, or 40-foot putts, they were more aggressive with it. And they, might, they might leave it short to where they had a long putt, 8, 10-foot putt on a longer putt as a uh, comeback putt, but they were getting them to the hole and not four-putting. So we had a lot of guys that just said, I just can't believe you took four-putt out of my bag. But what we saw for both men and women were dramatic changes in scores quickly, and they got comfortable. And once they were comfortable and used their routine, uh, they looked like different golfers. The other thing that we found is that they were happier about their golf game. And that was truly the greatest part of what we discovered. And that is that, like all of us, when we have a good round of golf, we're pretty happy whether we've had whether we've had a few nineteen hole happies uh, in our belly already, or if we've just sat down. We're sitting down, feeling pretty good about our golf game. Well, Carrie, I got I got to tell you, man, Jeff Jeff and I have come up with a foolproof method to lower scores, and then Jeff will tell you it's a pencil with an eraser. Racer. But, uh, Arnold Palmer said that, by the way. So you're a little late on that one. But it won't sell a book, will it? So. <laughs> That's yeah. the truth. Yeah, exactly. So now. I mean, it, it, everybody's going to go, yeah, my short game stinks, man. That's why, you know, like we're also fond of saying I don't always hit a sand wedge 150 yards, but when I do, it's from a greenside bunker. Yeah, so, exactly. So uh, you're, you're basically talking uh, short game confidence. And, I mean, and confidence is, is, you know, 80% of the game's 100% mental or whatever you want to say. But So that's very important. But you're talking a, a short game primer, primarily. Exactly. And but it's what's different about it is there's some things that we all know. For example, the shorter the stroke with a golf club, and I don't care what club it is, the easier it is to hit. We know that if you take it back for a, for a one foot putt and you take it back your putter back two inches, that stroke becomes much more repeatable. Okay. Well, what we teach is using three wedges or four wedges if you use four wedges, but three wedges basically. And using them in three different shots, our go-to shots. The first shot is something that has been around for a long time. And I've been using it for 15 years. But the bottom line is, it's rather unique. And it's a toe-down method where the heel of the club is raised up and you're almost using a putting stroke with a wedge. And basically, this one shot that you can learn in about seven or eight minutes and practice on your own, on your rug will save you and save the average uh, bogey golfer so many strokes they won't believe it. And the reason it is is because it takes mistakes for huge mistakes out of play. How many times has a bogey golfer been in 15 yards, 10 yards, uh, 20 yards to the green and to the pin, and and all of a sudden it looks like they're going to get up and down for par, uh, they chunk it over the back of the green or, or blade it over the back of the green or they chunk it and go two feet uh, and they turn what should be an easy par into a six or a seven. No, that doesn't happen. Well, no. <laughs> it doesn't happen. No. I tell you something, when I, when I talk about that, I look in the mirror because this happened to me so many times I can't tell you. But this one particular shot changes that all. And what happens is when we teach people this, or when they read our book and go through the motions with what we teach, that first thing that we teach them is that one go-to shot. And it's so easy, and they see results so quickly. 
they get a little faith in doing what we tell them to do, and we see progress, and we see scores come down dramatically. And I'll tell you, for any ladies out there, it's a killer thing for ladies because the gals have a real struggle. A lot of the times they can't reach the green in regulation if they do hit two great shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw some amazing things with the girls with this with our program and with what we, uh, how we start out teaching them, they, their eyes pop open and they go, oh, my God, I can't believe that. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here, Kerry, but I, when I come back, uh, I'm sure one of the things I want to ask you is you, you mentioned three uh, different wedges. So I imagine you're probably going to teach that the swing is the same. You just change the wedges for the distance you've got and stuff like that. Hold that thought. Very close. Gentlemen. Very close. Okay. I, I, was, I love being very close. I prefer being absolutely right, but very close will do. We are those weekend golf guys. we got more to talk about, about the Bogey Golfer Handbook with Gary Davis when we come right back. Don't you move. You know, there are a lot of online sports books out there. MyBookie.ag. It's the only one that gets our personal stamp of approval. And, you know, we don't give that out lightly. To get our endorsement, we have to personally use them, and that means they have to be the best. And MyBookie.ag is by far the best sports book any of us have ever used. MyBookie.ag has been in business for years. Their reputation, rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. Two. It's no different from betting in one of those glitzy Las Vegas casinos, but you can do it from right from your smartphone. Trust me. Go to mybookie.ag to place all your bets. And then tell them we sent you by using the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get over there and you will get the best odds anywhere. So to review, what are we going to do? MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code GOLFGUYS. Get up to a 100% deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag. And welcome back. This is us again, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith at Olympic Fields in Chicago, and Carrie Davis from Las Vegas, Nevada. The uh, author of the uh, forthcoming book called The Bogey Golfer Handbook is with us also. And um, you're talking about the the three wedges you carry. And I got close when I said the swing's the same, just the wedges vary for distance. What what else varies? How close did yeah. I get? There, there are three swings we teach. Okay. And they're go-to shots one, two, and three. Go-to shot one is a toe-down method that is a, uh, has a uh, backswing of about 18 inches. Uh, go-to shot two takes the club to about 45 degrees. And go-to shot three takes it to about 90 degrees. Now, that's nothing new. There's, it's been taught a lot. Mm-hmm. The setup and the way that we teach bogey golfers to set up and to complete the routine is what's different. The other thing is, is that with these three uh, approaches, a 45-degree uh, uh, and a 90-degree backswing, what we always teach the bogey golfers is that any time that they can use the shortest swing possible to get the ball on the green. So in other words, if it might be a 90-degree swing with a 55-degree wedge, but only a 45-degree with a 50-degree uh, uh, wedge, we want them to use that. So basically what happens is when we start out with go-to shot one, they develop some confidence right away. Very quickly, they see that they have the ability to move the ball toward the pin uh, and have a combination of effect of uh, consistency with both distance and direction. 
Um, what we saw when we were analyzing uh, shots from 20, 30, 40 yards away, they not only missed distance, but they missed direction all the time. Mm-hmm. So we knew one of the things that we had to do was help stabilize direction, and we do that. And we use some teaching aids, but basically stabilizing for a right-handed golfer, their left wrist at impact. Okay. Between that and our setup routine, what it does is it even gives them a situation to where if they miss it, if they blade it and hit it a little thin, or if they chunk it and hit it a little fat, what happens is their misses are good. And for me, one of my favorite sayings that I developed is golf and marriage. They're all about the misses. <laughs> and absolutely true for those bogey golfers, because if we can get them to miss better, what we end up doing is taking the doubles and triples and others out of play. Yeah. And as needless to say, that drops scores dramatically for these guys. Yeah. So they get excited about it very quickly. And and that's a very hard thing to do in teaching it. As Rick, or excuse me, as Jeff, uh, I'm sure knows that keeping golfers excited about a situation where they're improving is very hard to do. Because with golf swings and changing, making huge changes in golf swings take time, effort, and a lot of patience. And practice, which most of us, as we have already discerned, don't do. And we have. Well, John, you got to. What we teach our people is if you follow the routine of setting up properly on every shot, and even if you practice doing it every single time, but what happens is when you're playing, you're also practicing because you're doing the same routine over and over. And that seems to be one of the catalysts that brings them together mentally to say, I can do this. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing we tell everybody is 15th club in your bag is confidence. Don't leave home without it. And when we instill some confidence in them, it changes everything. I thought it was bourbon. Uh, and that, too. Well, you know, I guess I guess it both works out the same way. Either you're confident yeah. or you don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, one of the sad things that we uncovered, too, and I've been playing golf for 50 years. Uh, the bottom line is 55 years. The bottom line is I've run into so many people in business and stuff, and, I, of course, I ask them. I play two, three times a week. So I ask them, do you play golf? Mm-hmm. And so many times I have seen guys that were athletes in high school that were wealthy, that, and they say, well, I, I played, but I was so bad at it, I quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and i got to believe that if you can make them feel a little bit good about it, which we see happening with uh, our training procedures, that the bottom line is we're going to gain more golfers and keep more golfers. And I, I, I think that's, well, it's definitely one of our goals. And what we were shooting for. The whole grow the game. I love it. Kerry Davis is his name. Bogey Golfer Handbook is the book. Now, we got a, a special deal because the book's not quite finished yet. It will be out, what, the, around the, January? The book's, actually, the book's actually finished, but it won't be on sale until October. October. Okay, yeah. well, that's just around the corner. Well, we, yeah, but yeah. we'd like to offer the first chapter for free to anybody out there that would like to learn a little bit about what we're doing. We also follow that up with a couple of videos, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then you'll be notified immediately when the book goes on sale. Well, there you go. And you can get it from us absolutely free, the first chapter of the book. 
just uh, right now, if you'd like to, just go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com slash bogey golfer handbook. Eh? How much more simple can it be? And you spell bogey, B-O-G-E-Y. I had to look it up. Bogey golfer handbook. And uh, and just tell us you want the first chapter. And, uh, you know, Viola, there it'll be in your email inbox quicker. And you can say bogey golfer handbook. So, Kerry uh, Davis, appreciate your time, my man. And uh, we'll have to make it out to Vegas and, uh, and look you up in person and uh, get out there on the course with you. See, uh, see how many two putts we can get together, you know. First round of golf's on me. Been a pleasure, and uh, to all of your listeners out there, uh, go low, get those scores down. Uh, let us help you do that. It sure makes the game a lot more fun when you go into that 19th hole and somebody says, "How'd you play?" and you can say, <laughs> yeah. "I shot great." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you got friends like mine who go, "Hey, you shot so well, you're buying." You know, I just yeah, exactly. I got to find a new group of guys to play with. All right, Kerry <laughs> Davis again. Just go thoseweekendgolfguys.com slash bogey golfer handbook and you can get the first chapter of this book absolutely free. And uh, and Kerry, before you know it, we're going to take you up on that uh, first round on you. You were talking round of golf, not round of drinks, right? Uh, no, actually, both. It's Las Vegas. I gotta watch out. Round of golf could be yeah. cheaper. That's right. Yeah, remember, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So if you uh, embarrass yourself on the golf course or at the 19th hole, you're okay. Yeah, we're counting on that, man. We Words to live by. Kerry Davis, thank you very much for joining us here on this weekend, Golf Guys, man. Take care, and we will be in touch. Okay, great. All Bye-bye right. now. See you later. So, Jeff. What? Uh, yes. Yeah. How's how? Uh, how much sense that'll make to you? You know, it it doesn't hurt. To, uh, is he is he still there? Is Terry still with us? Terry's no. Nope. Terry, no, he's gone. Okay. Um, there's a lot of it that makes sense. Okay. Good. To 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 simplify things for golfers who have eight zillion things going on in their head, right? Right. That that they they go well. In this situation, I could do this, or I could do that, or I could do the other thing. And, and what they're doing is kind of simplifying um, a process to say, look, the odds are really good that if this is what you do, this is what, you do, this is um, what you'll get. You know, let's simplify this, yeah. and you're going to get a lot better um, because the bad ones won't be very bad, right? They're giving exactly. you the, it's, it's an okay shot. So out of the shot quality scale of one through five, mm-hmm. they're kind of guaranteeing you that you'll get rid of the ones and twos and have a chance at a three, four, or a five on that scale. Well, as you know, one he, being bad and five being great, right? Right. He he struck me though with with talking about the thing is the same thing you say is when somebody talks to you about putting. The question you always ask is if you missed the putt, how long was your next one? Yeah, that's right. That yeah, that is a All telltale sign. Yeah, you know, the length. Yeah, yeah, the length of your second putt is a big, big thing. So. And that's, also that's the, the 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 I won't I won't use the word practice because it intimidates people. But the the pre round routine of taking a couple of balls and just going up to the practice green and throwing them down, you know, for some reason I see this all the time. And you put the ball down, you start shooting twenty, twenty five, thirty footers. Why don't you just put it down and start hitting three footers? Because that builds yep. your confidence. Because when you hit a twenty two foot putt to a pin that was twenty six feet away. You're still yeah. knocking your knees when you're trying to make sure that you get it down in two. And for the most part, you are, yes. Yeah. So if you get the confidence down with the two, three, and four foot putts to begin with before you start the round, and you go, yeah, right. I can do this, then things get better. So, 
That's right. They do. You can, again, go to uh, thoseweekendgolfguys.com slash handbook and download the uh, first chapter for free of that book. Or if you're really wanting to learn something right now, why don't you go to $5golfclub.com. Uh, make plans to be at Jeff's next Golfinar, which is coming up in another week and a half or so. We'll give you the details closer. But go to Those Weekend Golf Guys uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash golfguys, and just follow us on the page so that you will be alerted every time Jeff goes live. He will be doing that again very shortly. And again, kudos on the last one, man. Uh, I learned a lot, and a bunch of other people have also uh, gotten to me and said, man, i got to get into this $5 golf cup because that Jeff guy knows his stuff. You can catch us right here, same time, same place, next weekend. If you ever miss a show, check it out at audioboom.com. That's where we archive everything. The Weekend Golf Guys podcast is available to listen at your convenience. So up until we get to talk again, hey, go play some golf. <laughs>